The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 370 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host, as always, is... The Magistrate of Caravan City, the Corporal of Comic-Con, <laughs> Captain Joe Shoes, from the Car Jomez Podcast. Yeah, you are, buddy. What was that? What were you of, of the Comic Con? The Corporal? <laughs> the the shitter of Comic Con. <laughs> I'm the guy that took the shit right in the middle of the the show floor. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was something else. I <laughs> if you guys didn't hear, New York Comic Con was this past weekend. Both Gomez and I attended on Sunday, but uh, I believe on Saturday there was a story that came out where someone took a shit in the middle <laughs> of the floor. <laughs> Was there details as to why this was it an accident? Was it on purpose? I have no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there was, uh, if the perpetrator was ever apprehended, if there was a second shitter on the, the carpet knoll. <laughs> Hysterical fucking shit. And how do you even shit? Uh, you know, there's a billion people around you at all times. How how do you get away with shitting on the floor? Bro? I have no idea because we like... went Sunday. Sunday is traditionally the lowest attended day. People are closing up. Vendors are leaving early because there's just not a lot of action. And when we went on Sunday, this place was packed butts to nuts. You would have thought it was the first day of Comic-Con. I except couldn't that imagine. Some of the guests weren't there. Yeah, I, so I, I can't imagine. imagine how crowded it must have been for this person to just drop a deuce <laughs> or have something sudden happen to them in the middle of the floor like that. Oh, my God. Truly, I could not imagine how many more people are there. It makes me scared, right? Oh, my God. To go on a Friday must be just insanity. You couldn't even probably move. Like how? It's it crazy. Was, I'm going to say it was uncomfortable. I didn't. I was excited for Comic-Con. I've been to New York Comic-Con a few times at this point. I always have sure. a good time, even yeah. though most of the stuff isn't really geared towards me. I'm always able to have fun. I did not have fun this year. Nah, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I feel the same way. I've gone a couple times, had lots of fun times there. This year, it was just there was so many people there. And, I mean, just looking at the vendors, I was just – not impressed, bro. I don't want to sound like a snob here, <laughs> but I just, I just wasn't impressed. Like there was nothing to it. Like, there really wasn't. Every, the, everything felt like everything else. It just every row you walked through, you felt like you saw it in another row of, already. Whether it was anime drawings, we saw it already. Mystery boxes. There must have been seven massive insane. mystery box setups out there and there were and there were people the buying company, shit. all the same yeah. company all the same merchandise but just 
all over the place, you come upon these mystery boxes. On Sunday, walking from row to row or where there, wherever there was intersections, yes, uh, it felt like there was massive traffic, people bumping into each other. People, oh, yes. like it was horrible. And I'm sitting there. I don't know whether it's because maybe just a lot of the stuff isn't geared towards me, or maybe like I'm just at the age where like I'm done with fucking crowds. I don't know, but like. I just came back from PowerCon not long ago, and yes, I had true. some problems with PowerCon, but that was more in the execution than the actual setup itself. And I left here going, man, I really wish this would have been a lot more like PowerCon. It was just, it just felt so like unwelcoming. Comic Con has is so big, and like this is gonna sound shitty to say, maybe it's too big. No, but it's it's true. Uh, I think it's a combination of both things. I think it's we don't like crowds, and it's just like it's not for us because there's a lot of anime stuff. Anime is big, and there's tons of anime shit. And it's like, I don't care. But even then, I understand anime is a big thing. Anime has been a big thing. It's not like this is new. And it's not like I haven't been to Comic-Con before where there was just no anime stuff. But it just felt like... Finding things that I was interested even to stop and look at was very, very, very few and far between. And in fact, from the whole day at Comic-Con, I took one picture the entire time I was there, and it was with the Ninja Turtles. Great picture, bro. Great picture. (laughs) Great photo op with the new style Ninja Turtles at the Nickelodeon setup. It was really cool, but... As we were walking through the place, there were very few things I wanted to even stop and look at. Every time it was a toy setup, it was, oh, here are just piles of Funkos for you to sift through. Everything was Funkos and not different Funkos. Not, yes, that's the thing. You know, Funko like themselves yes. is there with a booth, yet yeah. it's just hordes of Funkos. And I get it. But I felt like we were in the New Mexico landfill with all the rest of the Funkos <laughs> the company themselves just buried. But that's the thing is there was no nothing was different. Everyone had the same Funkos. It's not like oh this guy has all the cool horror ones. This one's got the Marvel. No, nah, everyone had Marvel. Everyone had Star Wars. Everyone had everything. So it's like well why should I stop to look in this store? What makes this store? Yeah. Even for people that just had you know quote unquote regular toys, it was all newer stuff. Everybody's selling the same newer stuff. It's the same new WWE elite figures. It's the same newer versions of the Masters of the Universe figures. The same G.I. Joe figures. It, there wasn't like a lot of vintage. There was some, but like obviously not everyone's daily. charging Comic-Con prices and you're not really going to get that out of con. I'm, I'm so, unless you have some real fucking grail item that something's hunting for. But at this point, and I said this during PowerCon too, if you're invested in vintage toys like that, you're online. You're meeting these deals. You know who these dealers are. You know where these stores are. You know how to contact them. If there's something you really want, you're hunting it down. And I would assume outside, I would assume the same is true for the comic book fans. I say The same is true for Funko fans. The same is true for we anime so. fans. When you're a fan of something, you want more of it and you go find it. And I just feel like Comic-Con was just... A lot uh, outside of the meet and greets, unless there's like some meet and greets, because you're talking high profile meet and greets like Captain America is there. That's a big fucking deal. Like how often are you going to get a Chris Evans photo op? Four hundred dollars or not. What, whatever the price is, who who knows? I, I, I think we looked it up at one point, but 
like you don't get that every day. So if you want to do that and yes. get that, more power to you. I personally only bought a ticket when once they announced the American Gladiators were going to be there. Nitro, laser, zap, and ice. I wanted to meet them. I wanted to get my figure signed. When I bought my ticket, it said all four days. And then as soon as fucking Comic-Con opens up, my double main man, Kinnick, texts me and says, are you sure they're going to be here because they ain't here on the Thursday? And all of a sudden, I look on Comic-Con site, and it says Friday and Saturday only. And I'm like, motherfuck. That's so the, the one thing I was really looking forward to doing at Comic-Con, I didn't even get to do. It's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I just went just because there was something to do. I like to go walk the floor. I was hoping to, to buy stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy something this year. You know, I never really buy anything. That's, I mean, there was nothing even I even thought of buying. Like, there was nothing that was like, oh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, nothing, nothing. No, even very sad. At PowerCon, I bought that Ghostbusters number one comic graded. And yeah. then um, Mr. Slowpoke from Slowpoke Toys had sent me another Ghostbusters comic that he had found that was in really good condition. So now I'm I'm kind of sort of looking to complete the rest of the Ghostbusters comics. It's not like there's a lot of them out there. But sure. comics are a very daunting thing. Like what I'm not going to be the guy who's there searching through you know, the tens of thousands of yeah. boxes of back issue comics at a at yeah. New York City Comic Con. So I if I'm going to do that, I'm just gonna go online at some point and just be like, all right, yeah, here's my money, just take it and ship it to me. Like I'm not gonna sit there for three hours going through boxes and boxes of comics. No, I mean I I I think it's fun to do it once in a while, but the people that actually like I'm going there just to do that, that's just crazy. That's that's craziness right there. I listen, I understand it's Comic Con, but I don't see people that do that. Like, whenever I see the comic setups, there's, there's always one person maybe looking. Yeah, like, it's not like there's people really, you know, yeah. dog ear, you know, flipping through, going through, <laughs> looking for the back issues. No, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, very disappointed. I, I made me even sadder because there was a, a horror convention the same weekend and, uh, Kane Hodder, the guy who does Jason, he's done it the most times. Uh, he was doing a thing where every day he dresses up as a different Jason. You know, oh, this day I'm going to be this one, this day. And for the last day, Sunday, of course, the day I was going to Comic-Con, he was going to dress up as the NES 8-bit Jason. Oh, man. That's fucking awesome, bro. Like, I don't usually do photo ops, but I think I would have spent like $100 on that to get that. Like, that, that's really cool. But that, that's more fun. Like, I think I have more fun going there because there's more photo ops. One, they're cheaper, obviously. They're not charging three. Of course, you get one or two that are charged three, but it's usually cheaper stuff. And there's more gimmicks, you know? They're in their gimmicks. Like, there were some wrestlers there, right? They're not in their gimmicks. They're just in their regular street clothes, just kind of chilling out, doing the thing. Hey, we saw Scott Steiner, and he was wearing his chain mail. He did have his chain on, but he, was, he wasn't even really showing the guns off. Like no. I, I was like, I why I didn't even notice it was him when you first said it. I said, oh, my God, that is Scott Steiner. Look at that, because he had the thing on. If not, he was just some fucking jabroni. <laughs> it's so weird. He wasn't like Jack. Like, he was, we got muscles, but obviously it's 100 years later. You know, he's not uh, on TV feeling he needs to be diesel, son. Oh, my God. Buff Bagwell. He don't look so good. <laughs> and the, the thing that really upset me, and I am i guess I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on Comic-Con. It's just the fact shit that. Shit on it, bro. 
No, like you and I no. have very varied <laughs> interests, you know, like yes, we're not we one dimensional. We like yes. a lot of different things. So like yeah, too much in a lot of instances. Yes, correct. Definitely. But a place like this is okay. Not everything is for me, but there's plenty of stuff that is for me. And it just felt like this year, it felt like it was very feast or famine that, you know, the hits, you know, if I would have been into some of the photo ops or something, yeah, the hits were good, but it was the home runner strikeout thing. There was no, you know, consistent stuff where I was like, Ooh, and this is cool to look at, or, Ooh, that's nice to see. You know, I don't collect comics hardcore, but I still pop to see some of the rare sure. graded comics. Uh, oh, first appearance of Spider-Man and first this, and, you know, seeing these old vintage comics going for astronomical prices I'm no interest in them, but I like to see them. It's the museum effect that you get a lot of times at these places where you see stuff that maybe, you know, you're walking through like the museum and you just like to look and browse and be, oh, I, I saw that in person. I'd much rather see the fucking first appearance of the vulture than I would the Mona Lisa. Fuck the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Um disappointed would you go back joe would you give it another shot i mean i'd go back of course i'd go back it's i just it was just a disappointing i don't know what i was really i don't know that i had anything i was looking forward to especially once the american gladiators i found out were not on for sunday so maybe that added to it but then after that there was really no meet and greets that i was interested in i did enjoy walking through artist alley and seeing i always love that that's you know that's fun stuff and seeing everybody's interpret but if once again I see if there's 50 different comic book artists, 25 of them drew Batman at some point. I'm like, I, yes. I, I, I get it. Like, <laughs> I, I understand I you, you, you did Batman. Cool. <laughs> uh, I go back. I don't know if I go back next year. I think I'll wait a, a year or two and just, you know, I don't know. It was fun, but nah, you know. there's toys I want to get, but I know when I'm going Sunday, I'm not getting any. There's no toys left over. I know anything I want is sold out. Yeah. So, you know, but I'm not going Friday. Fuck that. No. <laughs> if Sunday was that bad, I can't even imagine how Friday and Saturday were. Because mm-hmm. the crowd on Sunday was in a lot of different areas. Whenever you and I would walk through the different aisles or turn a corner to go around the bed, we were in, it felt like the subway. Yes. We had to stop. Assess the situation. Okay, I could go left here, right here. Do, 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 do. It was crazy. It's like that little blondie cartoon. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, click that like, ring that bell, smash that subscribe, leave some comments down below. If you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a five-star review, tell your friends, screenshot that review, tweet it to us at Car Jomez, and we will send you an autographed 8x10 as a thank you, a token of our appreciation for your support of this podcast. Gomez, very quick news. Taylor Swift is at it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, how much? I didn't see. How much did this fucking movie make, bro? Taylor Swift has set the world movie record, box off record, (laughs) for highest grossing concert film in the history of planet Earth. 
One weekend, the Eras Tour grossed $92.8 million, absolutely obliterating everything else uh, at the box office this weekend. Bro, that shit is three hours, bro. That's insane. <laughs> Holy shit. Is there anything that this woman cannot do? Holy shit. Keep and in man. a lot of cases, the special merch that the theaters have, like I heard AMC is selling out of their limited oh, edition errors tour popcorn buckets and stuff. People are going nuts uh, on the secondhand market for the merch. I can only imagine because I can't even get a fucking just jigsaw bucket. I, I you thought know. you were going to say a jizz saw bucket. I, I almost like, said I that. Know. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> get a little horny with our merch. Uh, I am horny for jigsaw. But yeah, like I can't even get that shit. And I couldn't imagine trying to get a Taylor thing. Those girls, they probably went on their off days. I gotta just go get it. We gotta pick it up. Fuck out of here. Oh man. So Taylor Swift owning the box office, like I said, 92.8 million. <sighs> Everything else in the top five added up to combined. Let's see. 10, 16, say, 21, <laughs> 25. <laughs> 20, about $27 million for the next four movies combined between them. Oh, man. Remember, The Exorcist was supposed to come out this week, but once Taylor announced her shit, they said, we're going to go a week early. Fuck this. We ain't even going to Smart bother. Move. I mean, but right, you would think maybe kind of program, but it's like, no, there's no you shot. Would, you would think, in all honesty, it's not that bad of a move. But The Exorcist in week two, uh, an additional $10.9 this week. Yeah, that's not. The word of mouth and then Taylor. I yeah. mean, I heard like Taylor was in like 23. Like that thing was pumping every half hour. Um, we're going to try and go this weekend because it's playing this weekend also. They yeah, it was originally it for just another supposed week. to play the, the one week. Yeah. And so this week it's not as crazy. There's still tickets available. And uh, so we're going to try to go this weekend, see if we can have a little concert fun at the movie theater. Yeah, I think I was going to look to do that myself, actually. Ooh, I would love it. That's Now, great. Gomez, because we had such an action-packed week, I really only have one other thing to talk about. And it's, oh. uh, it's a very special thing, I think. Oh, I like special. Disney 100th anniversary, we had a, a short on Sunday night. Sunday was the network television premiere of Encanto. And during the middle of that, we were treated to a 12-minute short called Once Upon a Studio. Now, did you happen to watch it? I watched it because it's now available on Disney+. Plus. I didn't watch it on Sunday. Went right up on Disney+, Plus yeah. the next day. So it was easily available, like I said, 12 minutes long. And it's a very nice short of, oh, cool. like, if these walls could talk, what's happened in this studio over the past hundred years and as soon as the last people leave for the evening all the characters start coming out of their drawings and they come to life that way they can get together for a big group photo and it is very sweet it is very Cute. charming in total we get 543 different characters which is crazy many of whom are done by the original voices including Robin Williams as the genie. There was no AI involved in that. They okay. went through the archives of old Aladdin recordings and cut okay. lines, cool. and they used a genuine recording of a real line that he said, and they went to his family. They said, we don't want to do AI. This isn't going to be some C. This is a real thing we have, and his family was okay with it. So we awesome. got a genuine Robin Williams reading 
for the genie. We got all the characters. Your double main man got a dose of Judy hops right in the oh, beginning. Yeah. And we got a bunny pun, a punny, as I like to call it. <laughs> a punny. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I saw some of my guys. Baloo was up in there with Mogwai mm-hmm. front and center. The little rooster guy from Robin Hood was singing, <laughs> starting it off. It was some good shit, bro. I was loving it. And I love what they did where if you were part of the older Disney movies, they kept you to that kind of animation. But if you yes. were if you were newer, if you know, so yes. everybody looked like the styles, how you yeah. would think. And they said like the biggest trouble were the characters, the classic characters like Mickey, like Goofy, like Donald, because over the years, their styles so have changed versions. so much. Yeah. So it became, uh, which do you think is the most iconic version of those characters to include in there? And I feel like so many different characters in 12 minutes got a little bit of shine, got a bit of a moment. Everyone from obviously Mickey and Tinkerbell and Judy Hopps and and the genie and all these people. And we've got Fix It Felix in there getting a moment, fixing the camera. camera. So I love this. I thought it was absolutely spectacular and so well done. Yeah, and if first of all, like you, you know, there's so many characters, but then to hear that 500 characters when this thing is like, holy shit! And the 12 minutes flies by so quick because you're just like you're popping, you're into it, you're like, oh, oh. you're playing spot the guy. Yes, you're like, oh, look at that! Oh, I haven't seen that motherfucker forever. And then it's like all of a sudden it's just done. It's like, wow, oh, that was quick, shit. Tell me it was 12 minutes. Of course, at the end of it, you're sitting there going. How do I get a print of this group photo? Oh, well, if you are a cast member working for Disney, guess what they did? They mailed you a legitimate print of this and cast member copies of this print are going for huge money on eBay already. I can only imagine, bro, because that is that's a great shot. Obviously, it's got everything. It's iconic. I wonder if they numbered it so they know who's fucking selling it. We As know it was you, know, Robbie. Not numbered. <laughs> we know it was you. <laughs> oh man, did you see how much are they going for? Because I could in like the hundred dollars. Oh, no, okay. not not quite that high. Yeah, because I can anyway. see like a thousand dollars. Someone trying to spend twelve. Gotta remember, there's an awful lot of people who work for Disney. So sure, it's a lot. We're of talking about like tens of thousands. If they mailed it to everyone who works for Disney, there's tens of thousands out there. How so many? How many are going to put it? Um, how many are keeping it? I would say a good majority are keeping it. I mean, that's a nice right. It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome. If you're working for Disney, I would think like something like that would be like, oh, this is awesome, you know? Yeah, I would think so. So I would, I would hope it's like eighty percent. Of course, everyone's got to, you know, make some money. I would say because if the if there's money to be made out there, I think a lot more would sell it right now while the market's hot. Okay, I get it. Got to put it in the vault though. Bring it out in a couple years. Woo, yeah, that shit'll skyrocket. Disney stuff. Or maybe the market will just get flooded, and then you sell it for a couple hundred, and then buy it back later for sixty. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I just got two things I wanted to talk about. One's a news story, and then one is something I watched. Mm-mm-mm. First, I'm gonna hit you with some news because this this is very. Very not important to us, but you know, in our wheelhouse. So, would you say this is breaking news? Oh, breaking news. 
Oh, Joe, some breaking news for you, baby. Are you ready? So ready. <laughs> Did you see that they announced that this Daredevil show that was supposed to premiere next year on Disney Plus, they decided, you know what? We don't like this show. We ain't happy with how these three episodes have come out. We're going to throw it in the fucking trash. What is going on, bro? How insane is that? To trash a whole show. That's insane. I couldn't so, imagine. From everything I've read about this, a lot of it has to do with the way Marvel Studios runs its television show division. Where they kind of just give the people carte blanche like they do their movie people. Yes. And, and they don't have like a real showrunner and they don't have. So things are just getting kind of clustered up. And that's why so many times they're very underwhelming because yes. they have movie people doing their movie style that they know. And it's not translating to the TV format. And that seems to be what's happened here. They got three episodes kind of done. Apparently, I guess shooting and production had to stop while everyone was on strike. Yes. But as they're reviewing this stuff, they're like, this shit sucks trash it crazy so i i heard that it was uh they were doing like a courtroom drama like a courtroom procedural where like he's doing cases every week which i think sounds awesome i love that idea like a harvey Birdman. yes exactly that's great that's what he does in the comics like he has to defend the kingpin sometimes because you know the zoning law is coming up some <laughs> bullshit like that you know but it's good. It's interesting because it mixes things up. So I was excited to get that. I heard that like he's not even Daredevil like in the first four episodes. That might be a little much, I guess. Maybe yeah. that's too much. But the rest, like I, I want to see a courtroom drama because that's that's what makes Daredevil different. He's not just the same guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed to hear that they scrapped this. And now who knows when we're going to get a Daredevil show. People have been waiting, right? People love Daredevil. They've been dying to see this guy. And I think especially in the MCU. To see him in the Spider-Man movie. Yes. Such like, a tease. Oh, we're going to get an expanded yes. Daredevil now. You know? And he was in She-Hulk, remember? Yep. So even more, I was like, oh, yeah, we're definitely bringing it back. And then we're going to see Echo before we see Daredevil. That's pretty crazy. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I think at this point we're only seeing Echo because it's done. I guess, but I mean, it be like DC, where they say they scrap it because it's a tax write-off at this point. Yeah. Fucking if it's mm -hmm. that. But I guess because of the content, right? It doesn't look good. Oh, we gave this deaf, you know, uh, indigenous girl a show, and now fucking we throw it in the trash. <laughs> Oh, man. It's so like you said, we didn't watch a lot of stuff this week. So the only thing I watched, I watched a new episode of Rick and Morty, Joe. Season 7 started this past weekend. Bro, we just spoke about that last <laughs> week. And I completely <sighs> forgot it even happened. And I haven't seen anyone say anything about this. So season 7, hit me with it. How was it? Um. So the voices were bothering me. I was like the way the beginning. I'm like, I could tell there's a difference here. I could tell, but as the story got on, because this is an episode that features all of our favorites, Mr. Poopy Butthole has fallen on hard times, mm. and uh, Rick feels he needs to get the band together to maybe do an intervention, but it's not called an intervention, but maybe we need to come together 
and, and talk to Mr. Poopy Butthole. So we get, we get, uh, what's this? All these people, uh, Squanchy, Squanch comes okay. there. We get the Squanch, we get Birdman, you know, what's the Bird fuck person? Bird person, and uh, who's the other? Like, is he saw Bird person or Phoenix person? He was Bird person, he was okay. regular, yeah, Bird person. So stuff like that. And uh, we get a special guest star. Hugh Jackman plays himself in this episode. Because why not? And it's, you know, Hugh Jackman turned up to 27. You know, one of these where it's like, I love to do coke and party. Let's go. But he's also doing his dancing because Hugh Jackman loves to dance. He loves to dance. (laughs) So I had a good time with the episode. There's also a predator. A predator's in the show. (laughs) These are all things that happen in the first like 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, five minutes to set up the episode. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, the voices, eh. I didn't love the voices, but it is what it is. I'll get used to it. You could tell there's a difference, so that's why. But it's okay. Once the story got started, I was on board. It didn't bother me no more. Mm. Good shit. Yeah, and that brings us to something I would not classify as good shit, so hit the music. The spooky snake season. Oh, baby Joe, spooky snake season. <laughs> so last week we spun a wheel. This was our horror council wheel. I went around, asked some fine folk, what's one horror movie you would show Joe if you could show him anything? Had a lot of good choices, a lot of good choices. And, well, the wheel landed on Psycho Gorman, baby. Oh, Now, I actually ended up watching this movie with the person who selected it. Love to hear that. I love it. (laughs) Our friend, Dr. Armando, was so proud of himself. And then you and I got to hang out with him while we were at Comic-Con this weekend. And I crashed at his place. And he goes, have you watched this yet? I said, no, I have not. He goes, will you watch it with me? So he (laughs) got to see my live reactions to Psycho Gore Man. Movie from 2020. It runs about an hour and 35 minutes. Gomez, the premise of this film. I want to hear this. I'm interested to hear. After unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster looking to control the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's, That's the movie. (laughs) so this movie begins we get a brother and sister duo mimi and luke and they're playing in the backyard right and they look like any other pair of kids around those ages just playing in the backyard and they're playing a special game that they like to call crazy ball and it's their own little variation on dodgeball kind of right or kill the man with the ball you're taking turns throwing the ball. Now there's a special rule where you got to hit the person or spin around three times. 
like all of us did when we were kids, right? We'd all take a game and then you and your friends, your siblings, whatever, would make some kind of variation to make it intrinsically your game. And then at the end of this, the loser has to dig a hole. And in what feels like 16 (laughs) seconds, the loser, older brother, Luke, who's very much more passive, while the younger sister Mimi is very aggressive. Yes, she is. This this boy digs basically a hole halfway to China. Like you need a ladder to get in and out of this hole that this boy just dug with a spade in no time whatsoever. But when he does, they find this weird looking gem looking up at them. Mimi starts pushing on buttons because she's the winner, so she gets to do whatever she wants. The gem comes out, and it turns out that buried that buried there is the character we will come to know as Psycho Goreman, or PG, as we PG. say for short. And he is from the planet Gygax, and he has been. What are you giving me that look for? I just love like you naming all the stuff. I love it. <laughs> he is from the planet Gygax, and he has been. Held there in captivity, basically, since yes, being uh, captured by the what are they called? The paladins. I don't. Remember. I think the paladins yes. are the people on his team, but basically a group of uh, quote unquote good people, except for the fact that the people who you think are good don't necessarily act good, but then the people you know are bad or are still bad. There's really no baby face in this movie. <laughs> Because even the psycho Gorman wants to take over the universe, but then this little horrible brat child, child Mimi, is, yeah. is abusing her power of the crystal to get psycho Gorman to do whatever she wants. And it's just mean. It's just mean in a lot of ways. Um, but in this movie, you get this brother sister, and, and now the psycho Gorman escapes this hole and kills a couple people. We get some fun looking kills, but it turns out that Mimi has all the power because she's the one who controls the gem, right? And the yes. psycho Gorman <laughs> wants the gem back. That way he could go and take Do vengeance him. on all the people who imprisoned him all these years and take back his seat at the throne of the universe or whatever. Um, let me just start by saying that this movie almost becomes immediately unwatchable because of the girl who plays the younger sister, Mimi. She is annoying. She is terrible. Everything about her performance is absolutely horrible. Now, I get that. She's she's an annoying little brat. She is. That's a great way to describe her. She's a little brat. 100%. And there are so many things in this movie that happen, and you go... But what the fuck? What the fuck? At one point, they turned the kid Luke's friend into a giant brain. Love it. Love that little brain. And he's just like, he's basically like an oversized Krang. Yes. And like, no one bats an eye at it. They're just like, oh, he's a brain now and just kind of accept it. Don't question it. Move on with their lives. The whole time I'm seeing this, at one point, this little brain goes scurrying across the grass to go running home. It's fucking weird to look at. And I'm going the whole time like, what the fuck? Like, how over what kind of period of time does this movie take place over? Like, aren't the kids' parents 
looking for him? Aren't they worried that he's turned into a brain? And then guess what? This movie actually does one good thing and follows up on that question in a mid-credits scene where money's just sitting at the kitchen table like everything all good in the hood. I love that you watched the mid-credits scene. (laughs) He he stuck with it to the (laughs) mid-credits. There is an, an uncalculable number of times that I simply slapped my forehead with what was I happening. That. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that reaction. <laughs> because so much happens where they keep trying for like this comedy tone. Every time yes. the like the kid would say something, the psycho goreman would get out of his like rough, tough, you know, emotions and then kind of make like a one-liner. And it wasn't very funny. It's a very poorly oh. written script. It's the kind of thing like you and your friends would sit there like around. And this is how I picture it. Because I picture me and my friends doing the same thing. We would sit around a card table, maybe playing Texas Hold'em in 2004. And we would be smoking pot and coming up. You know what would be funny? If like the chick says something and then the psycho gourmet, instead of being like all all mean about it he'd be like taken aback and respond to it like he was all shy all of a sudden and it's like in the moment sure it sounds funny but when it's the whole script of the movie it's not funny (laughs) but there is one line that is very very funny and it's when alistair the friend first meets psycho gorman pg and as he's getting ready to leave he goes it was nice to meet you. And PG says, it would be nicer if you were dead. <laughs> that is fucking funny. <laughs> I, I laughed. Oh, how I laughed. But that, that was the only funny. time. Oh, man. So I'm a fan of this movie. Uh, I would have never picked it for you, uh, of course, because I know that this is not... Like, did you like any of these creatures? Like, there's a lot of alien creature looking things. Were you, did you enjoy any of that stuff? So, the thing is, is this movie has, it's, it's, it's a complete identity crisis of a movie. And I don't think I'm off base with saying that. This movie has literally no idea what it wants to be. It wants to be funny, but it wants, <laughs> it wants to, to be, be a silly scary. Thing, yeah. It wants to be, you know, like they want these, these creatures and stuff to come off menacing, but. Then they give them like stupid one-liners, which totally kills the aura of it. The one thing I do, I don't want to say I liked about it, but there's obviously a lot of influence from other things on these characters in this movie. And one of the big things to me that it kind of made me think of Transformers. Um, some of the people like on the, I guess you would call it like the good guy head table who are trying yeah, to that- keep PG under wraps, whatever. Um, the head one is kind of is kind of reminiscent of RC from the Transformers uh who was okay. introduced in the the Transformers 86 animated movie there's also other people around the table look like the Quintessons guilty or innocent innocent and then we drown them you know and then there's there's even a scene later on where like PG's guys like his own crew come find him on earth and then they go to kill him because now they share the crown and one of the dudes name is Death Scream or dark scream. I think it's dark scream. So his name is dark scream and he's got this crown on, which is like a kind of cheap looking crown, but it's very reminiscent of a scene in the transformers movie 
where Galvatron appears and interrupts the coronation of Starscream. And after he lays him to waste, he steps on his crown and crushes it. And I like there's big Transformers vibes throughout this movie. I love that. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, like I'm getting a lot of this vibe off here. So it's it's not necessarily not necessarily that I liked it, but it gives me something where I'm like, oh, I can at least kind of piece together, like I guess what the tone is supposed to be. But then they would do a scene where, like, PG is dressed up in human clothes, and they go and they they walk through the woods and stuff. And he's wearing literally the same exact outfit as Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, not just something that looks like Sam Neill. Literally, the exact outfit Ugh, the dude the wore thing. in Jurassic Park. <laughs> the thing around his neck, everything. <laughs> and it's when you do stuff like that, you completely lose the aura of how menacing, like this guy's supposed to be the one of the most powerful beings in the universe, and it took this whole crew of people to finally capture him and and send him away for good. And we thought we were done with him for millennia, and it, now he's just playing like second fiddle to an annoying little girl. And not that this movie would have been better, not that this movie would have been good, but at least figure out what the identity is supposed to be, and then work the gimmick. Instead, they let the gimmick work them. They got so caught up in trying to be like cutesy, funny, silly that they completely just lost sight of what this character could have been. Because honestly, the character looks upon first reveal pretty badass. You're like, oh, this looks like a dude who could beat, you know, bust motherfuckers up. And then he kills people like automatically. He's doing something where he keeps the guy alive, but he'll never be like, that's fucking like scary shit. Yeah. And then it's like, uh uh, this eight year old girl is going to make you spin around three times or going to use you just to scare her brother and then put him down. Like, come on, bro. I will agree. Uh, One of the negatives of the movie is the little girl. She's very annoying. I mean, she is supposed to be, she is supposed to be annoying, but she's just extra. It's just, it's It's way too much. It's way too much. So, yes, I agree. Listen. I agree. I, I'm more in line with the tone of the, the silliness. I like when the movie is being silly. Um, but I do understand what you're saying, that it is, it is, it's all over the place. The movie is all over the That's place. That's the thing. If they would have kind of kept that tone throughout, then it would have been, I think it would have been better. But the fact that they keep bouncing between oh, we're, we're doing this for 90 <laughs> seconds and then we're switching back to serious and you there's there's no way to get invested in it i get that i do i i understand exactly what you're saying so i will not i can't uh fault you for anything you're saying there because i agree i do i just for me the tone you know i when it's silly i'm i'm enjoying it more than you enjoyed it you you didn't even you know when it's silly you you weren't on board with it you didn't find it funny or anything I liked it. I find it funny. All right, listen. This is this is about what I expected from this this movie here for you so far. What I'm hearing is this. Now, is... a lot of people have reached out this week with their opinions on Psycho Gorman, and you know, a lot of what I've heard is that they all hate the little girl. Everybody apparently hates yes. this little girl, and for a lot of people, the little girl makes this movie almost impossible for them to even watch. 
which I can 100% understand. You know, but then they have people like you who will say, oh, you know, like, I didn't mind it. I get some of this, but I understand why other people wouldn't like it. Yeah, I totally get it. The girl is annoying. You know, obviously your mileage may vary. Some people can roll with it. Some people can't. I get that. So it's, it's not like anyone is off base when they're like, oh, this girl. I'm like, what? That girl was fantastic. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how dare you badmouth her? Nah, she's not fun. She is a, a, a tamper in there. Hmm. All right. I'm, I'm going to hit some music here, Joe. Do it up. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? 2020 Psycho Gorman. Mm, where is this going to fall on your main man standards? I'm wondering. Man, it's to me, this is actually a tough one to give a score. Because I'm interested. I didn't hate it as much as I assumed I would coming in. That's what it sounds like, yes. But it is not a good movie under any circumstance. Doesn't mean you liked it, yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think I, I do think that in a way, had they just chose a lane, this could have been not necessarily good, but like pretty watchable and the fact is they just didn't know what they wanted this movie to be it's like oh we're gonna be everything or be nothing and you know sometimes when you try to be everything you're actually being nothing and that's what happens with this movie so even like some of the gags like i said the dude dressed up as sam neil it's a funny visual but like what is how does that help the movie it kind of doesn't um it's just I don't know. I feel like it could have been better. I just don't think it still would have been good. So with all that said, I this this is far from the worst movie I've ever seen. I'll take I'm it. still going to give it a single and a half main man, one Whoa. and a half stars. Oh, I thought I was going to get it too there. Okay, all right. Mm, I'm going to give this uh, a three and a half. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love your good, your fucking good deed for the day. I love the monsters. I love the gore. I love a lot of this movie. I love a lot more than I don't like. You know, I love, I love that shit. It reminds me of like the Giver shit like that I watched as I was a kid. Was just monsters fucking shit up. So if you give me monsters doing that, I'm gonna enjoy everything you say. I get it. It is all over the place. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I wish this would wrap up here and jump to the next thing. But for the most part, I'm having a good time with this movie. Uh, like It's not the best, but hey, I think it's worth the watch, especially if you're into monsters. It's a, it's a good monster movie, I think. You get a lot of creature design mm-hmm. and a lot of cool stuff. I think that alone, I think it's worth the watch, Joe. If you hate little kids, though, yeah. be ready. <laughs> be I ready. All the kids are bad, don't get me wrong, but the girl especially is yeah. completely abysmal. Oh, also, man. the planet Gygax, Gomez, that's a likely reference to E. Gary Gygax, who is one of the creators of Dungeons & Dragons. 
Whoa, that's some real nerd knowledge right there, bro. Look at you. <laughs> Do my research. <laughs> but uh, I did it. I watched Psycho Gorman for you people. All you jackals, all you horror council members that don't like what I have to say about your beloved genre. I watched it. I did it because I am him. <laughs> well, Joe, we got one more wheel to spin before we wrap up this spooky snake season, Joe. What are you what what are you hitting me with this week, Gomez? This one, this one, come on, bro. We're gonna do it. We're doing horror classics. These are legitimate horror classics. Okay. This is top of the line shit here, Joe. Things yeah. that all horror fans have seen and loved. No I think shit. You said about Hellraiser last year. Well, that you is a beloved no shit movie. And you gave me shit. Well, that's that's a you problem because that's a beloved movie. No, it's a lot of people are stupid. <laughs> so I got eight choices here on this wheel. I shuffled them up and let's see what we got here. I'm excited. Okay, here we go. This is gonna be good. Joseph, you're gonna be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The is original. The, the original, okay. The original, not the remake. I do love the remake, but this is the original. This is on Peacock, Shudder, and Tubi. So this is available Tubi for is every the fucking best. So this is available for everybody. This is this is this is the movie, bro. This is a big one. This is a big one in the horror community. Very interested to see where you fall on this one. Uh, I am too. Obviously, it's a movie I've I've heard of. Obviously, for decades, never seen it myself. Um, don't know where I'm gonna land on it. Uh, obviously. I know Leatherface because he was a big wrestler in Japan for many years. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to like it. I think you're not going to love it, but I think you'll like it. I think you'll be into it. I don't think there's anything. I don't. We'll talk about more. But I, I'm telling you, I think you're going to like it. There's not much to hate, I think. I think it's just like it's a movie. So I think let, he, let me, out, of, out of the big, what I consider like the big franchises of horror, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I guess Saw would be up there now. Like, where where do you rate this by franchise? Not necessarily the singular movie, but by franchise. Hmm. It's kind of low. I think eh, it's probably middle of the pack when I think about it. There's a lot of, there's some bad ones and there's some good ones. Um, We'll talk more about it. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to. Mess your judgment up here. I have lots of thoughts on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, and we'll get to that next week. But yeah, it's it's middle of the pack. It, there's good ones and there's bad ones. I this it's not really. Consistent. That seems to be the going thing with all of them, right? There's sure, Friday I the 13th, think there's good ones, there's bad ones. Halloween, there's I, good ones, there's bad. Yes, ones. I think they have some of the the real bad ones though. Like I the, the yeah, the the bad yeah. ones are especially bad. Yeah, they're extra okay. bad. So yeah. All right. Well. I'm excited to wrap up Spooky Snake Season with you next week, Joe, with a 
horror classic. Oh, baby. but that's next week, Gomez. Mm, that is. Oh, let's wrap up this week, baby. Let's do it. It's now time for the big finish. All right, Joseph. It's big finish time. Let's see what we're going to be chatting about this week. We got a wrestling theme. You know, we don't get a lot of wrestling pop up on here. Mm, this week's big finish, Joe. Tag teams. This is hard. I think. I don't know. I gotta think. I, for I a don't think here. so. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Here we go. We got. Up, I grew up in the eighties, so you got to remember, right. like the WWF tag team division. And I was a WWF kid, but the tag team division was chock. Full of unique and fun tag teams. I mean, number one for me, they've been my number one tag team for years and years and years. Huge fan. I love Demolition. Yeah, I, it I, might love, be. I, I love Demolition. They were the main event of the first ever live event I attended as a child. I got to wrestle them back in 2010. I still pop for Demolition. They got big rubber guys coming out from the Major Bendy's guys. I cannot wait to get them in hand because they look amazing. So Demolition, number one for me. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Demolition is up there. If we're going old school, I was always a Rockers guy. I've been a Shawn Michaels guy from day one. I'm going to go Rockers. Number two for me, what I always thought of, the perfect combination, like... You want youth, you want power, you want speed. This team had it all, and they also had an adorable mascot named Matilda. I'm talking about the Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldogs. I'm going to do it. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. The Young Bucks, number two. Good. I'm a Young Bucks fan. You like them that much? I mean... Here's my thing I'm going to say is if I'm thinking of some of the best tag matches I've ever seen, there are no out of them. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Huh. Really, mm, 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 mm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What's a good third one here? Who would I pick? So for me, one? I've got a lot of tag teams that I like, and the Rockers are up there. And I think I'm going to end up on the Rockers as number three. Because they were so different for that time yes. where WWF was the land of the giants and you kind of always had that either that power speed combo that teams like the Bulldogs would give you or teams like the Hart Foundation would give you or then you had like the mic the match of the guys where guys were more similar like demolition like the killer bees um, like the brain busters but a team I really enjoyed and this is kind of an honorable mention. I love this team. I would love if we got some figures of them in this gear. Jacques and Raymond, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Ah, that's a good one. That All is good. American boys. What a song. All what a American fucking song. Boys. I'm trying to think of like, what's a good WCW tag team? Uh, 
the Road Warriors would be the the one, the Midnight I guess. Express. But I think of them as L O D, you know? Yeah. Mm. But Even I mean, that, but that's like NWA shit. Like that's yeah, really like you're going back to the eighties. If you go to WCW, like who are you the outsiders? That's what I mean. Like the, who's the Steiners. The Steiners. Okay, yeah. The Doom. Steiners would be the team. Doom, I guess, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to 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 think of something, you know, off the Steamboat and here. Douglas. Never. Dynamic um, dudes. American males. American males. American males. American males. Who would I go with? I'm going to go with. Uh, what about Doring and Roadkill? I did like them. I did like them. I did. Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. That was that was some bangers in there, bro. Damn, I was a big fan of the like the end of ECW days. I loved me some hot commodity, Julio oh, De Niro yeah. and Easy Money. Easy Money, baby. Mm. You know, if I if I'm thinking, you it, seem it, like it, a pit bulls guy, Gomez. No, Legion of Doom would probably be because I always loved Demolition, and then Legion of Doom came along, and I probably they'd, they'd probably be my number three if I really was thinking about it. You know. Not a bad list, but I'm trying to tag team wrestling. You know, for, it, it was never a thing, right? WWE never made it a thing. Like it was, it it had a res- had- no, that's not necessarily true. I mean, the Dudleys. Well, in the '80s, you had that big set of tag teams, but then we had the resurgence in the late '90s, early 2000s with cool. the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, Too Cool. You know, uh, the New Age Outlaws. Other other teams who made the scene kind of, but it was really, I think, due to the um, yeah. Well, first off, the ladder match between Hardy yeah. Boys and Edge and Christian the that was then followed up with like the first ever T- TLC, TLC at WrestleMania 2000, um, and that stuff kind of brought you back into the world of tag team wrestling until they kind of took you out of it, and then you would get the mishmash tag teams again. The yes. oh, here's uh, Edge and. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio, whoever it was, like, you know, so you get those mishmash tag teams, which, you know, allows for some good storytelling sometimes and the way you can interweave storylines. Um, but there is something about traditional tag team wrestling that I do enjoy, and I, I think it's every so often it becomes a lost art until the cycle comes back around again, or or whether we just happen to get good teams at the right time and it just makes it work. Now, obviously, this is very subjective. It's going to usually this is going to be all what what hit you in the feels as a kid. Right. That's kind of where, you know, when you pick your favorite sports team, it's usually because you're an impressionable child. And I feel like that's a lot of what this question poses as well. Yes. I was struggling to think of recent teams and then it just went back to the other the young ones. All right. All right. There, bro. Mm, Fun little episode here, Joseph. I concur. Mm, hit him with them plugs let's get out of here thank you guys for listening to the car jomez podcast remember to follow us all over social media at car jomez remember to hit subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to this or if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe leave some comments ring that bell click that like button you can follow all my personal stuff at the joe shoes youtube.com slash joe shoes pro wrestling tees.com slash joe shoes and um, got some dates coming up. I will be appearing for ICW No Holds Barred coming up in Queens, yes. New York in December. Yes. 
More details to come, but tickets Death are on sale shoes. now. Yeah, Deathmatch Shoes, sure. Uh, that's <laughs> that's going to be something that happens. Uh, tickets are already on sale. Go check out ICW NHB on social media for more information on that, or it's posted on my stuff too. So check that out, and maybe we'll have some more stuff to add as the days pass. Mm. The Gomez154, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky. And don't forget the Twitch stream. I popped on randomly last Friday the 13th with a little marathon. If you got the notification, I hope you enjoyed some scary movies to start your weekend off. Mm, Twitch.tv slash Movie. Follow us, baby. So we'll, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Are you a fan? Do you like it? Do you want it? Do you want to taste it? But for now... Let's make like Tom and Cruz. Peace.